Welcome to the Northern Goa podcast, a place to share tips, tricks, and discussion on all things growing and gardening in northern climates. I'm your host, Erin, and I grow here in Zone 3, northern Alberta, on a small homestead where we grow multitudes of things and produce seeds for retail. I'm also an educator and a student of anthropology, and today, in this episode, I get to explore that side a little more by delving into the cultural history, use, and folklore surrounding plants in my mini-series for the podcast, The History and Folklore of Plants. I feel I should put a quick disclaimer in here that although I am talking about the uses of herbs or plants and looking at ways they may have been used medically or used traditionally, I am not a certified herbalist or medical professional in any way. This podcast is purely to put on our anthropologist hats or even our garden lover hats and talk about the plant histories, uses both in the past and present, and culture surrounding some of these plants. Before I launch into today's episode, which is going to be on the spruce tree, I just wanted to provide a brief garden update today. Um, We are hardening off our tomatoes still. We had them outside hardening off um, for a while and then right before we were planning to plant them out we were hit with a few days of below zero temperatures at night and a snowstorm so that didn't happen they were brought back inside they have been babied a little bit and they are back hardening off again so um we're hoping to get them planted out very soon. It actually feels like we have planted our tomatoes out later than we normally would this year, but I don't think, although it's been dry, there's been a lot of cooler, colder days peppered in with our hot days this spring. I haven't really found the consistency in warm temperatures this year, so we will get our tomatoes out in the ground in our beds eventually, but right now we are still carrying trays of them in and out every day to harden off. Um, What else did we plant? We have been working on just flower beds. We love Monet's um, palette sunflowers and generally our sunflower beds which are some of my favorite beds when they start to grow because you just have huge patches of these beautiful big sunflowers. Um, Those are starting to come up. They're coming up out of the ground Um, They are self-sowing annual, so we don't actually intentionally plant our sunflower seeds out every year. We just let our beds do the work and they tend to drop uh, those seeds when they die back. And our sunflower beds kind of take care of themselves. We will harvest the heads and kind of shook the seeds off um, for sale on a store or to give away to family and friends. But we do, uh, we don't actually sit there planting our sunflowers out. Our beds do just kind of grow themselves. And so they're very easy to take care of. And I love them. So they are coming up out of the ground. Um, and the last thing we did today was also plant dahlias out. I have my dahlia crowns. And they are new for us. I'm trying a lot of new things this year. Dahlias are new for us. Mostly because they have been so hard to find and get a hold of. But I did find some. I was trying to shop for 
uh, with local growers. I was putting adverts out on uh, local um, like seed exchange pages and local gardening and horticulture pages on social media on my Facebook and I was looking for local stores and the kind of smaller businesses were all sold out and nobody had any grounds to trade. And so I ended up actually getting my Dahlia tubers from Home Depot of all places. I saw them there. Um, so I picked some up at my local Home Depot and I'm hoping to start really getting to work producing a lot more uh, Dahlias and getting those beautiful flowers on the go. And I have been keeping my eye, eye out for Café Olay Dahlias and I was able to find some. So that was really exciting for me and I have I am kind of very protective and uh, babying them because I really want them to grow and do well this summer. So this will be my first year working with um, like really getting into flowers and so I'm excited for that avenue to try. Um, so I will probably pepper in some updates over the podcast and see how how they get on. Okay, but in today's episode, we're going to talk about the majestic and often overlooked spruce tree. I think the spruce tree, when I was uh, researching this, I was curious about them because I'd heard um, that they, I kind of seen just through the homestead accounts I follow, that there were some people were picking spruce tips and that's what first got me interested in looking at the spruce tree more. I just, essentially, I just thought, well, coniferous trees are nice to have in your garden because they stay green over winter. They're a good source of wood and lumber, but they actually have a lot more uses. And some people might be listening to this podcast and think, oh yeah, spruce trees. Like I've been on the spruce tree and spruce tip game for a while this is kind of obvious and I feel like some people may be listening to this and be like, what? I've never heard of this before. Tell me more. So we're going to talk about that today because I honestly was quite surprised when I started learning more about spruce trees and their uses and I have become very excited to utilize the spruce trees in my space here and uh, where I live I'm very lucky in that we have just a lot growing on crown and public land naturally as well. So that's awesome. So the spruce tree, it is a coniferous tree. It's found across um, northern temperate Europe and they are found all across Canada, but they do heavily grow in that northern boreal zone of Canada. So I live very much on the zone that edges the boreal forest. So I have a lot of access to spruce trees and I'm a very short drive away from being in the uh, thick of the boreal forest. So I do have good access to them. So I am excited to um, start utilizing them more. I think generally too, coniferous trees sometimes get a bad reputation. Um, I think growing up as well, I was kind of in that mindset that they didn't really have any uses other than Christmas trees and wood. So you know, they were kind of almost seen as bad too. Um, well, I grew up on the shores of Britain and coniferous trees were kind of seen, if we had them growing in our yard, they were quite frequently cut down. Um, they weren't really seen as uh, useful to have around. 
and more of an annoyance in some senses. So quite often they were cut down for the lumber. Um, but as we will find out, they are very, very useful to have in your yard. And I'm going to definitely look at them in a new light. So let's just start off with in terms of identifying a spruce tree from other members of the coniferous tree family. Studying the needles is going to be your best bet. Um, from what I can tell, that is the easiest way to identify the differences between all like firs, pines, spruce. So generally on a spruce tree, the needles are going to be sharper than pine or fir, and they're going to be more stiff too. So if you have been out gardening, or maybe you like to go out and pick um, cones for decoration, the spruce is, in the words of my toddler, the ouchie tree. You may have brushed up on that coniferous tree and noticed that that one's pretty kind of spiny and ouchie. And some of the coniferous trees, like we also have cedar around as well, they're a lot more softer. So this, uh, the spruce tree does have the sharper, stiffer needles and the needle arrangement on the twigs and the branches, um, you tend to have individual needles placed all around the twig and the needles come out individually on the twigs. The needles are individually placed on the twig and they come out of what looks like a little brown peg or like a little brown socket or kind of nook on the twig. So if you pull that uh, needle off, that peg will tend to stay on there as well. And then you can end up, that's when you end up with branches that kind of look really knobbly and uh, really rough. The profile of spruce needles too, they're square. So everywhere I looked said you can roll them easily between your fingers and that is going to be some of your main main ways of identifying that you have a spruce tree is by taking a good look at your needles there and looking at the needle arrangement on the branch. Generally for the gardener too, spruce are easy to maintain. They of course are very hardy here in northern zones as well. So they are spruce and no maintenance whatsoever. Um, they look great. They add color in the winter. So they tend to, if they have space, they will make a typically nice um, kind of cone shape with those wider branches at the bottom and tapering up to thinner branches at the uh, thinner shape at the top. And they look great for adding color in the winter because of course they stay green all year round. So um, when it is that you're getting to that kind of white monotonous of winter and your other trees, your deciduous trees have lost their leaves, it is quite nice to have that color in your yard and quite frequently on the prairie as well, they can be used in combination with other trees um, for shelter belts. So quite frequently they're used for shelter belts as well and generally they are very hardy. We um, always have gone out and collected the cones. We will go and collect cones, not just from spruce, but uh, like pine trees, all coniferous trees as well. And we like to use them as decoration. We'll dry them and we paint them and use them as decoration for the winter holidays. However, not just being used as shelter belts or for uh, picking cones off, the tree has long had many uses, in particular spruce tips. So these are the little bright green tips that you see growing 
um, off the end of branches and twigs. And, and so it's the new growth, essentially. It's the new growth of that tree. And harvesting is spruce tips is something I have been wanting to try for a long time. They will come for the spruce. They come in a papery coat. Um, so that makes them a little bit more obvious when you're looking for them on the tree. And you do have to just, before you use them, you need to make sure you remove the papery, uh, like the brown papery coat from them. Tips tend to grow in the spring. And I have seen quite a few around on my trees. And so that's why I thought this podcast would actually end up being good timing because now is a good time to start searching for those spruce tips. Now, when harvesting, please remember to take only what you need and take a scattered approach. So in particular with spruce, when you pluck that tip, that is new growth for that tree. So essentially you are pruning. So if you take a few, if you take the spruce tips, that branch won't get that new growth anymore so it's really important you take a take little and take a scattered approach so ideally uh, you take a few tips from scattered spots on the tree don't pluck everything in one spot on the tree and ideally you then also spread that out over several trees spruce tips are apparently delicious I have uh, read I have not tried it but I have read that some people do just enjoy eating them as is but they have also been used in various recipes for years. So they are said to be very high in vitamin C. And I also read that spruce beer was, so spruce tip beer was actually vital as an early scurvy prevention in the North because it was so high in that vitamin C there. So it was actually um, drunk quite commonly as a beer. And of course, that would be useful in scurvy prevention. If you think of, in particular, travelers or traveling in northern climates where um, it is hard to come across a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables in the winter months and you need something to be stored and last a long time. It is said to taste like root beer, so it is for sure on my recipe list as well as spruce tip syrup which supposedly tastes great mixed with sparkling or tonic water. So I definitely want to try um, spruce root beer, the spruce tip beer and spruce tip syrup. Spruce tip sav is also on my uh, spruce bucket list. It's on my sav list this year as well. I make uh, several savs, uh, little jars of savs a year. I make calendula, dandelion typically. Um, this year I am trying plantain as well and I also want to try the spruce tip. So traditionally sap, you would have made sap from the sap from the spruce tree and you would have mixed it with animal fat because of course if you're looking for, if you're thinking of that type of um, substance to use, uh, even when you think of like candle making, anything like that, cooking, we you wouldn't have access to that oil necessarily but animal fat would be the most accessible thing to use for that so you would mix the sap with animal fat and of course when it cools it then cools into a soothing salve you can use on skin ailments scrapes insects but insect bites dry skin and so on uh, I think today for my um, uses I'm not going to go and get the sap and mix it with animal fat but I can make this off with 
either, just like with any of my other salves I would make with olive oil or sunflower oil or almond oil and beeswax and mix the, um, basically I would make a spruce tip infused oil and then mix that oil in with beeswax, which would then give you your salve. And actually, um, coniferous trees are a useful tool, I think, to have in my salve making toolkit, as the one thing I was thinking about with they get, is that they can still be harvested in winter. So uh, not only could you make salve from the spruce tips, which I think would be higher in uh, like the vitamins you need, but you can also um, make salve from the needles. So you could, if you're finding yourself running short of salve in winter, it's all you could go out to your garden space, your woods, wherever you would go, and you could get some spruce needles, and uh, you could use those to make in salve. So uh, coniferous trees, I could have seen also in the past, why utilizing them would have been particularly useful because they are still there in winter. They are still um, they're still full of vitamin C. They are still useful to go out and harvest and forage in those long winter months. So I can definitely see why they would have been actually a really crucial, and that's any coniferous tree, why they would have been a crucial source for people in the past in winter. So while spruce might be great to have in your apoth apothecary kit, among First Nations of Canada and the U.S., the wood traditionally also had other uses. So I'm definitely thinking here, how can I utilize this as like a food or, yeah, to keep on my apothecary shelf. But traditionally, too, among First Nations people, the tree also had uses for um, its bark. So it gives off a very uh, kind of uh, strong, straight... It grows very strong and straight, so it gives off a really good wood to use. And we, of course, use the wood today, but the wood would have also been useful uh, in the past, traditionally. And it is also, of course, used for lumber today. And also the roots can be useful for... So you can split and then peel. So you can get the roots from the spruce tree and then... They could be peeled and split and they would actually make really strong. They were strong and flexible that you could actually make strong cords for stitching canoes, weaving baskets together and for fishing nets, which I did not know. But I think that is a really great way to utilize what you have in your environment around you. So the roots can be used as cords. And um, also the gum, you can also get like a gum from the spruce gum. So spruce gum as well could have been chewed to help keep teeth clean. And also I read too that traditionally you could boil the needles in water to make like a, um, a tea. And that tea, of course, would be very high in that vitamin C as well. So some people still, even today, will make a like spruce needle tea. So I was reading though, while um, it is 
good to use as a tea as well. I have also just read that you it's all in balance, right? So you don't ingest too much, um, too much of one thing. So I have heard from different sources that it's good once in a while, could have some benefits once in a while, may not be good to have on the regular. Okay. Um, so it is a great native plant from which to try some foraging from. And I hope you have some ideas of ways you might want to use that spruce if you have any around you. Or I hope you just found it a mildly interesting 20 minutes of your life here. Um, before I do leave you today, though, I do want to just give a disclaimer with foraging. Um, please just make sure you always forage from clean, uh, quotes, places. So please don't eat plants that you know have been sprayed or are right on the side of busy roads. And plant identification is really crucial. Please ensure you are confident with plant identification before trying any foraged food. And that's because also with coniferous trees, the yew is a con common coniferous tree, but it is toxic AF. So you need to make sure that you absolutely know and you are confident with which tree you are picking from if you decide to go out foraging. Do more research into this than just taking it from me in this podcast. I know um, I have been wanting to go out foraging for spruce for a while, but I'm going to read more, look at more pictures of it, read more plant identification books, that type of thing, just to make sure I'm very familiar with it before I go out and try it. Okay, and that way I can then just feel confident in my choices when I am out going foraging for food or for anything. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that episode was mildly interesting and maybe set you off on a path of new ideas. If I go out and get some spruce tips, I will be for sure posting updates on them and what I use them for on my Instagram, which is the underscore northern underscore grower. You can also email any comments at the northern grower podcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website with our seed store at greenwitchseed.ca. Um, I really also want to thank you for listening. I've almost hit the 3K um 3K listens, which is really exciting for me because the first podcast that I ever tried to make, I can't even remember its name. I will have to go back and look through the archives, but I thought it'd be really fun to um, read horror stories on my podcast, and it didn't do well. I think we got three downloads, three downloads or three listens and all, and for some reason it just did not take off, so I'm very grateful and appreciative that people are enjoying this podcast. It makes me, keeps me motivated to keep going out there and looking for things, reading about gardening things, recording some gardening tips, all of that. So thank you. It keeps me going. I always appreciate a good review. I did get left a five-star review. So thank you if whoever you are who left that. That is so fantastic. Okay. I wish you all a happy growing season. Thank you and take care.